episode of Say Something Interesting, a podcast that comes at you from the beautiful, increasingly more mild Eastern Washington, East Lake Tri Cities Church. My name is Margot. My name is Brett Baker. What? what? Yes. Who's for, this? <laughs> yes, we have a special guest making his second appearance yes. on the podcast. Yes. First time as a co host. Whoa. Well, he's he's been upgraded, folks. But yes, his name is Brett, not to be confused with Brent. Yeah, I've been confused for seven years. So. <laughs> call him Baker. You can call him what my husband calls him, Bits. I don't know where that came Bits. from. <laughs> it's like this Bits over here is working on. Uh, so tell us what you've been working on for Eastlake to remind the folks at home or if they're newer listeners to the podcast, because I'm one of I'm the associate pastor, the Love pastor here. What's your role with Eastlake right now? So I started back in September and was hired on to help develop the Eastlake Knights service. Uh, so if you're a part of that, shout out to all of you that are serving for that and a part of that. Um, that's something that uh, Brent has been wanting to do for a long time is have a, a evening service. And so I felt like... You made his dreams come true. Yes, that's right. I make you're dreams like come true. You're like Disneyland. Yep. So um, back in the fall, I just started kind of brainstorming with the team here, um, putting together what a night service might look like, what the demographic we might be shooting for. And we launched that back in January, and we've just been tweaking it and playing around with it. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been really challenging at times, uh, but it's been like, a, it's been cool to like do something, uh, unique and, um, just like kind of build a service option that, um, is even, I guess, more niche than, than even than the church as a whole. Like we still already have a niche demographic that we, uh, reach out towards people that don't typically like church, but kind of narrowing it down to more specific groups that we feel like will resonate a lot more with like a evening service and a little bit different vibe. What's been the most pleasantly surprising thing that you've encountered in this whole experience of launching a service and now keeping keeping the dream alive? I think the most pleasantly surprising thing is when you get people that just want to serve and they're just willing to come out and like, you, you know, you're, you're, you, you have to do a, a lot of like calling volunteers <laughs> and say, Hey, can you come out and make it? So like that part of a ministry can be really, you know, difficult and cumbersome at times, like feeling like you're, you know, nails on the chalkboard trying to like get people Squeaky out to wheel. serve. Yeah. But it seems like even though, you know, maybe, uh, a couple weekends we've been stretched a little thin. We've always had like just enough people to, I feel, make things happen for the most part since we launched. Um, and that's because we've had, you know, a core group of an amazing uh, volunteers that, that are willing to do whatever it takes. Exactly. To... And, and they're, they're the people that have showed up since like the, uh, the launch team meetings we started having in the fall who just showed up. And we're just like, hey, put me wherever. I just want to help. I just want to serve. And that is the key to ministry, folks, in my opinion, is yes. like having people. That who is are the just, icing yes. on the cake that is our Sundays. Yes. And it just takes so much burden off your shoulders. You're not just blessing the people that are coming to attend or experience what a church is like. You're totally blessing the staff. Um, Absolutely. That- 
that are trying to make it a win for everyone. Absolutely. So all of you volunteers, all of you volunteers for Eastlake, thank you so much. The staff really appreciates you guys, and we really couldn't do all this without you. Amen to that. So we are in a new series. Uh, we're in week two now of the series called Who Is This Man? A series that's all about the big guy, Jesus, and kind of looking at uh, who does he present himself? What did, what did he say that he wanted to uh, carry on? What changed in the course of human history, not just church history, but human history, because this carpenter from Nazareth came on the scene and started teaching some things that were surprising and new and challenging and um, just kind of looking at his influence and his own words to paint a better picture than probably the one that we see in a, hung up in a lot of churches, you know, the white Jesus with no mustache and <laughs> trying to paint a better picture of Jesus. Because I know uh, even if you don't come to church or even if you've been to church for a while, we all have this faint idea of who Jesus is and what he looks like and what he's all about. And sometimes I can stray from the the nitty gritty of who he really is so we just wanted to take this time to dig a little deeper and to prepare our hearts and our minds to uh celebrate how awesome easter is because it's coming mm -hmm. coming soon it's funny we joke about it like you know oh, you know maybe we should do a series on jesus around easter maybe we should talk <laughs> about jesus sometime um but i do think it's so important to just go back to those basics and just like look at all the history surrounding the actual written secular history surrounding Jesus and what the Bible says about him and just be able to be like, whoa, this is something real that happened. Like this, you know, we might talk about this, but a lot of times when we talk about something, we we just tend to naturally see something more metaphorical. But then when we actually go back and like relive the parts, we're like, whoa, Jesus was this real person and that was dealing with real issues real with issues. people and politics exactly. and regional things. And just what I love about the series and I won't rant too much because um, I haven't listened to the podcast and, and like thoroughly in the past couple of weeks. So I don't want to, I don't, <laughs> sorry guys, but Slap on uh, the wrist. <laughs> I have to be honest here. Um, so I don't want to like rant over all that and, you know, repeat other things, but I do love that we're we're focusing on some things that like you know these are things that Im have impacted the entire world for the mm -hmm. past 2000 years whether you're religious or irreligious and some of those things are like oh yeah I kind of knew that but then some of the things just like blow your mind where you know cuz you you might be for me growing up I might be so used to like hearing like oh like you know if if, if there wasn't you know, if we didn't have all this crazy religiosity, all this religion throughout time, you know, science would have, you know, prevailed and like pushed forward and pushed us, you know, like we would have been at Mars in the 1800s, something like that. But we actually look at instances where we think church... like we've been we've been taught or heard that Christianity right. has hindered humanity exactly. instead of what when you really look at it, all the progress that the church has made. I shouldn't right. say the church because the church is totally full of broken people that can Absolutely. make broken decisions but the teachings of jesus have pushed humanity in a positive direction consistently for right. two thousand years and the people from the church that deviate from that we would like to say deviate from who jesus's character is yes. and just kind of going wild absolutely but yeah i've i've loved that part that we're just able to look at that and say holy crap this he influenced so much of 
the world as hospitals a whole. and yeah. schools and yeah. you know the value of everyone absolutely so this was your um i'm not, I'm not gonna say it's your first time ever but it was your first time doing preaching three services at yeah. Eastlake. first time right? doing a night service yeah so well, first of all, I want to apologize for the lighting issues that happened at <laughs> night last right. night. So I have to take full ownership of that. <laughs> One of those things that we still run into time to time, we just have like some technical glitches. But how do you think that went for your first Sunday? I mean, Brent has said it in the past that nights is one of the easiest services to preach just because um, I think part of it is the hard work that you guys do to set up the atmosphere, that it's as relaxed as Sunday morning is. I feel like the the demographic are like people that are still living a crazier lifestyle, like they're chasing after the kids and they're just trying to get everything organized. And uh, we get them through the doors and we hand them coffee and tell them to relax. But I feel like there's almost this mm -hmm. tension that they still carry that can be palpable even from the stage. And nights, it's like it's evening. We're winding down. Let's have some coffee and yeah. talk about Jesus. And yeah. so I really enjoyed the experience. Uh, obviously, the third time you do anything is going to you're going to feel more comfortable with it. You know, mm. like, oh, yeah, I got this. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I I mean, for me, I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable, great experience. Hopefully people in the That's audience good. felt the same way. <laughs> awesome. So do, do you have anything to talk on about like your so, message this week? Uh, this week, we, t we talked about how because of the teachings of Jesus uh, today in society, we give value to everyone uh, and especially children and those um, that are disabled or I would rather say differently abled. Um, and I wanted to throw some caveats out there because there's so much um, that can be said about differently abled people and the Bible and church history and what does it mean? There's a lot of questions I would encourage you to um, do some research because there's so much that I wanted to say, but I know I could, I knew I couldn't do it justice within the sermon. Um, one of the things that came across is, uh, the scripture verse that I decided to sit on was not a miracle of Jesus healing someone that was differently abled. And I, that was an intentional decision because, uh, if I shared, uh, on Sunday, a message about Jesus healing someone, uh, that was lame or blind or deaf or something like that. It comes across like these people have something wrong with them. They're broken people and Jesus fixed that. And I feel like that can create a toxic mentality for someone that is um, maybe struggling with the fact that they are differently abled. They come into a church setting and they're like, well, something's wrong with me. And, you know, God just wants to fix me because, you know, I'm broken and I'm this and I'm that. And really, uh, those stories are not so much about Jesus relieving people uh, from their current situation so much as it is as saying, hey, I see you when no one else in society sees you. I'm paying attention to you. I'm I'm hugging you if you have leprosy. You know, I'm I'm encouraging you. I'm lifting you up. And um, I with the word that we talked about was giving someone honor this doxagso in Greek. I'm giving you honor and I'm giving you value. So I thought that was more important to focus on than the physical healing of someone's body. And it's also important to say that, well, if Jesus really sees me as valuable, but he's healing all these people, isn't that, isn't that saying two different things? Well, mm. I'm valuable, but he wanted to cure these people. But we also have to remember the context of the time period. If you were uh, lame or blind or something like that in that time period, that was not only a death sentence yeah. in a lot of ways, if your parents didn't discard you at birth, if that was a birth condition, mm -hmm. um, but you had no social security, 
You had mm-hmm. no access to health care. Mm-hmm. There was no, you know, wheelchairs or ramps or things to, to um, make it so that you could have a high quality of life and still be able to participate in society. That was not an option for you back then. So really the biggest thing that Jesus did in healing their physical bodies was allowing them to participate in society again, which I feel like a lot of people that are differently able don't have those same barriers. There's still obviously some barriers we can always improve, but I feel like that's that was the biggest freedom and healing he gave to them was more of a heart healing than a physical healing. That makes sense. Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) So uh, one of the things we want to talk about that's a little bit lighter uh, is that that idea of doxag. So again, of giving honor, giving value to something. Uh, The joke in the service was, you know, when you're kid makes artwork this guilt of like i can't throw this away my Mm -hmm. kid made me this macaroni necklace i think my mom still has a box of like all the little like all the mother's day arts and crafts over the years she's she she keeps the boxes of things all the pictures and everything the struggle is real i remember my mom (laughs) would give gave me a bunch of my crafts i made for her like why do i have them now there is this one it's atrocious i think i made it when i was four um, it's like a, a cone, a paper cone that we covered with pink tissue paper. And then we took a tissue filled with cotton balls and drew like with a Sharpie, like a smile and two dots for a face, put it on top of the cone, like a tissue head, and then had this really creepy doll curly wig thing. Oh, no. And then it was an angel that was supposed to go on top of a Christmas tree, but it looks like a terror. So <laughs> it is still hiding somewhere in my Christmas oh, decorations. Man. But stuff like that, I'm like, I give my mom credit for holding on to it as long as she did. But it's it. So that's the funny side. The bigger side is that God gives us value. Right. Mm -hmm. That is maybe uh, has nothing to reflect on how great we are. It's just like we have value because he looks on us with love. But we wanted to share. Yes. We talked about sentimental you know, something has value for sentimentality's sake. We wanted to share some ridiculous things that have value because they're associated with famous people or things like that. So I want to hear what yours is because you found something pretty interesting. Yes. Secret. Uh, So have you ever heard of the uh, red paper clip project? I don't believe so. Have you ever heard the game of you like trade, you have an object and then you trade something either bigger or better. Okay. So, this guy back in, I want to say, oh, oh, six, oh, five, oh, six, that area. Um, he had this idea that he had a red paper clip and he was going to trade something. Um, like, can I get for, it for a pencil? Because a pencil is better than a right. paper clip. Or... Yes. Trade for something either uh, better, just by value, um, whatever you place that on, or something physically bigger. And so basically, the story goes is he ended up trading this paper clip for a house at the end. And not just like, not like a tiny house, not like a shack that like is technically a house or a cabin, like a decent, like two story ranch house in Canada. What? And like, like a decent house. I need to house. get me a red paper clip. Yeah, exactly. ASAP. And so what's, what's interesting about this is this kind of, this got national attention and now it's, you know, of course a Ted talk. So he did a Ted oh, talk recently. And so. It sounded like a Ted talk. Yeah. So if you want to, you know, learn more about that, we'll. Put a link in our Why do investing when I can just get a paperclip? Exactly. That's a pretty good return. Um, (laughs) So anyways, basically, you know, he did this whole project over the course of a year, traded up for a house. And then um, the house in Canada, that town, they ended up having like a big celebration sort of thing surrounding the project and like invited all the people they made trades with. 
And so he actually invited the person that he initially traded the paperclip to. Mm. And there's a picture of them all together. And she's like wearing it around her neck, like <laughs> on a necklace. And so all all sorts of people were like asking like, oh, man, don't you don't you wish you had it back? Like, isn't that super valuable now? And so this isn't necessarily something that like, yeah, maybe she did go and sell it to someone for like a thousand dollars, whatever. But I think the point is like, you know, people like this insignificant thing became valuable because of what it represented, mm -hmm. um, because it represented more than like, oh, this thing is what he traded to get a house it represented more than that it represented like this community kind of coming together and doing like this unique thing and kind of connecting people from you know basically all around north america so that was my little uh um, that's like so encouraging and yeah. like magical and mine's yeah. just gonna be like a people magazine article well i'm sorry because <laughs> i was thinking i'm like like i'm sorry i don't really care about justin timberlake's french toast that somebody sold it's just it's shocking to me <laughs> the prices so can we just dive right in yeah let's dive right in. all right in. so so for this game you can play at home i guess we're gonna guess i already know so brett baker and you at home are gonna guess how much these things sold for so starting it off a tissue belonging to scarlett johansson Oh, she played Black Widow and the robot and her and mm -hmm. many other things. Oh, man. Known for not having great cell phone security. <laughs> I'm going to say. It went for something crazy, like five thousand dollars. That is super close. Oh, yes. Fifty three hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. 300 bucks off. That's pretty good. I would have won that on prices, right? Yes, you would have. <laughs> All right, the next one. This is one of my favorite ones. William Shatner's kidney stone. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so that's like a very niche thing. Because but like, like, you have to remember he's part of Star Trek. And Trekkies have so a huge oh, following. So oh, my goodness. If you think he's just for the like price or Priceline commercials, he's no, so no, much no. more. He's more than that. I'm just thinking like like I've heard of like like the tissue thing before. I'm like I feel like that's a pretty common thing. But kidney a kidney stone. stone is like I just imagine somebody that. somebody having like artifacts of celebrities <laughs> in their in their basement. Like Maybe there's a kidney like, stone collector out there. Yeah, like I'm thinking like a criminal minds type episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go for eleven hundred and one dollars, Bob. It's it's higher than that. Oh my goodness. $25,000. Wow. That's so incredible. So if you're if you're a nurse and a celebrity comes through and you're removing their kidney stone, you might want to ask are you going to take that with you because mm. it could be worth 25. Also is it worth the ethical breach cuz that's like <laughs> I don't know, man. If they sign off like you can do whatever you want with the kidney that's stone. That's true. All right. This one is, is, it has not sold yet, but it is listed for this price. So okay. you still have an opportunity to buy it if you'd like. Oh, boy. J.D. Salinger, the writer of Catcher in the Rye, uh -huh. his toilet. Oh. Okay, so like. That was, it, as the listing says, was used to its full capacity by J.D. Oh, Salinger. <laughs> well, did he like write the book while sitting on the toilet? I mean, he could have. Victor Hugo wrote Lamez in the Nude. You never know. I'm going to assume that he wrote like at least a couple pages of like, the book. Most people on, on their toilet. cell phones back in the day, you just wrote books on your toilet. 
I'm going to say that it's listed for $56,000. I think you need to get your little pinky out and put it to your lip because it is listed for oh, $1, one million, dollars. <laughs> which might explain why it hasn't sold yet. Maybe, maybe. What All do right. you think? Do you want to place a wager on what it what it might actually sell for? Like twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. It's a little too obscure. Yeah. A little too obscure. I mean, if it was Mark Twain or something, you'd probably have better luck. But Salinger, most people just know Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm. So, not that it's not a prolific book in literary history. Right. But all right, this is another one of my favorite ones. Brangelina. That is no more. But Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. They were walking the red carpet, and a fan had them breathe into a mason jar. They then promptly sealed that jar and sold it for how much money for the breath of Brangelina? Angels on Earth, folks. <laughs> this reminds me, I was, you know, like, looking through similar things like this earlier this morning, and there was, like, a, a bag of air from an Adele concert or something <laughs> This like air that. It could have come from like her they, vocal nodes. It wasn't even like they breathed into it. It was just like they caught the air. They're, I, like, sitting in the back catching it. bags of air and, and putting them in Ziploc bags. Um, but that they... They actually got them to breathe into it. That's, I mean, I have not seen the video evidence, but they did sell it. Assuming that it's real, um, and this sold. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> that makes me concerned. And mason jars aren't actually super airtight either, but no, that's a whole just, other. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, man. I think it sold. This is a hard one. I think it sold for $6,000. No lower oh okay probably someone wasn't sold on the validity Mm -hmm. but just maybe a conversation piece on the Mm -hmm. table it sold for 530 dollars wow what a bargain (laughs) well i mean if i look at it i'm like i feel like brad pitt and angelina jolie have a little bit more weight than some of the other celebrities yeah so i'm like i feel like that gives it heft but yeah you know 530 wow that's chump change right (laughs) who needs a tax return i'm used to to guessing so high now that i'm like oh my faith in humanity is restored but you still paid 500 (laughs) dollars for a jar of air a lot of celebrities uh will sell things like this for charity i will Mm -hmm. say that you know it's not all just creepy fans all right this is one of my favorite ones and we'll end with this the underoos the bloomers as it were as it were of queen elizabeth the current queen elizabeth second right second oh man Somebody got a hold of that? Yes. Apparently, she left them on a plane because she changes on the plane before she makes public appearances, and they did not make it into her suitcase. And if you look at these things, they look like they're from, like, the 1400s or something. <laughs> I would be scared of being, like, hunted down. Like, by the because, M2. Or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Man. Well, the queen is, like... I don't even know. Like that, it's like the person that everyone. It's the. I feel like the queen kind of tops everyone currently on earth. It's like whoa. She's the longest reigning is, monarch, right? Exactly. It's like whoa. It's the queen. Like, what are you gonna do? Like everyone refers to her as the queen. And we know which um, queen you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Shoot. Oh man, I'm gonna say, and this sold. Dirty underwear. Yes. Oh. Oh man. I bet you it sold for like something crazy, like sixty grand. Actually, compared to that, it may be considered a bargain. 
<laughs> it sold for $18,000. Wow. Okay. Still, though, that's insane. <laughs> like, it was $18,000 to spend on <laughs> underpants. <laughs> what, a, what a talking point, too. Like, <laughs> See, this is why we, you guys listen to the podcast, right? We're giving you all kinds of... <laughs> And this isn't even to say something interesting. We're going to head there in a, a hot second, but we just wanted to. That's right. We're, we're, we're warming up for the real interesting items. <laughs> All right. So that was great. Okay. Any other takeaways uh, from Sunday or the series? I'm just excited to go into Easter with this series. I think it's, I think it's a really great lead up. I've seen some new faces um, at church uh, even last night. And so this has been really great to see people. I think like, People, you know, obviously you get a lot of people that come to church on like an Easter Sunday and Christmas services, Christmas Eve services, but to get somebody kind of new, like coming in to church, like right before Easter, kind of in that season where everyone's revamping and like getting really excited about, about Jesus and like, um, and what he means to us and, and what the resurrection means and everything. I think it's just really exciting time for people to, um, get involved in church. And so. Just hopeful that people keep coming back and we have an awesome Easter coming up. Yeah, I think it's very easy uh, on the actual holidays themselves to kind of be rushed through it just because there's family obligations and all kinds of things going on. So sometimes I feel like the the time leading up to a holiday is often more special, like for Christmas time, all your traditions and family moments that you spend leading up to Christmas kind of help it so that Christmas Day isn't the end all be all. But I feel like Easter sometimes doesn't get afforded that opportunity like we're in easter mode for easter and then yeah. and then we shut that page of the book and we move on our life and we just stop reflecting on the the crazy uh event that we celebrate and how um it's changed humanity for for forever so by coming to a series like this uh or listening in on podcast or however you're connecting to us uh, it's a great way to kind of um get more get more bang for your your buck in the sense of uh, I don't want to just rush through this. I want to take my time and really be intentional and in the moment mm -hmm. and um, really have maybe God speak to me in a new way this Easter because I'm I'm going to be willing to spend an hour of my week focusing in on, you know, who he says he is. And let's like see how that helps me to live my life better and, you know, show it to other people. Amen. All right. So <laughs> we have our something interesting. Do you want to go first, sir? Or I can go first. Mine is kind of quick and... Okay, yeah. Okay, so mine is not dark. I'm trying to get away from the dark stuff, guys. I just love, <laughs> like, the strange, weird humor, so yeah. it's it's a it's a struggle sometimes. But I figured I would take you to some fun information from the beautiful country of Estonia. You ever been to Estonia? I've heard of Estonia. Um, I think I had a friend that was, like, a long-term nanny or something like a live-in nanny for a year over there. They have some word for, it, I don't know, but sound like really cool experience. It's right next to Sweden, I believe. Right. I, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's in that like somewhat Eastern European kind of I'm region. like all trying to like make sure I know what I'm yes, talking about. Yes. Oh yes. It's next to Sweden. Not an Estonian oh, expert, yes. but and I'm probably completely wrong. <laughs> As someone's Googling on their phone saying, mm -hmm. mm. this is why we don't get our facts oh. from a podcast. <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so 
in Estonia, there was an entire island that's considered a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And it's not because of any architecture or uh, like a momentous world history moment. It's considered a on the UNESCO like World Heritage List because of the current culture on the island and how they've been able to preserve their heritage over thousands of years. Kind of like how the Amish have stayed in a time warp. There's this one island off the coast of Estonia and the island's called Canoe, kind of like the mm-hmm. thing that you take it on a lake, canoe. Mm-hmm. And what makes the island so particular is that the island is completely run by females, which is super interesting in a um, in a society that's kind of stuck in one of those time capsules yeah. to have a strong female community. And the reason is it's because it's on an island. The men on the island, they're pretty much their only occupation apart from uh, working on their own home, so minor carpentry is fishing, and they would fish for months at a time mm-hmm. to supply food for the village for the years. So the men are constantly away, mm-hmm. month after month after month. And so the women had a choice, like either just twiddle our thumbs and let the infrastructure and judicial system fall apart, or we are the leaders of our community, and mm-hmm. we will do whatever needs to be done to keep the village up and running in their absence and so for most of the year you won't even see men on the island you just see women making it work and running every area of industry on the island which is fascinating they still wear uh, traditional hand-woven skirts and clothing (laughs) they still um, dance traditional dances some of their wedding uh, traditions are over 2,000 years old Uh, but I just thought it was really cool little island 400 people that's cool. So. I absolutely love hearing about little things like that, like little communities that are kind of stuck in some weird, like cultural they, capsule, like away from everyone else. And, and it's very intentional. It's not like they don't know that there's right. another world out there. Like they're very aware of it. And they're like, but what we have is special and worth preserving and right. worth keeping. So that's awesome. Yeah. Go to Canoe Estonia. Canoe Estonia. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, time for my. Uh, say something interesting, although it's not actually mine. Um, it was written taking by... a page from mm. the Brent That's Johnson right. <laughs> book. <laughs> it was uh, um, notes were given to me by my amazing girlfriend Maddie. Um, I know she's listening, so thanks so much <laughs> for helping me out this week. Um, basically, uh, she researched um, what we call some some dumb laws. Um, <laughs> And these are dumb laws in Washington state. And so we have to preface this by, you know, um, explaining what a dumb law is. So basically what these laws are is there is some weird um, court uh, issue, like some settlement or that happened, some case that happened where there wasn't a precedent sent before uh, to We didn't be able think to we needed a law about this, but ex- apparently we do. <laughs> exactly. And so basically you know, the law that they created to solve that issue made sense for that particular thing. But when you take it out of context, it just sounds ridiculous. Like, why do we need to have a law like that? So <laughs> but these the, are things that are on the books. Right. So the example given is like, you know, um, a neighbor gets upset at their neighbor for having a dog that keeps barking at night. And so inevitably they create a law that says, dogs are not allowed to bark after 6 p.m. Like something ridiculous. Like, Or like, I think in Alabama, the penalty for trying to commit suicide is death. And you're just like, but what? <laughs> something like that? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, what? So if you, if you want to check out more, we do have a citation, dumblaws.com. Um, 
So these are actually ones in Washington state. Uh, I'll read off a couple of them. So the first one is, um, it is illegal to attach a vending machine to a utility pole without prior consent from the utility company. <laughs> All right. This is going to sound awful. I feel like this would happen in Pasco. Like, I feel like I would just be like, yep, I'm going to get a Snickers bar yep. from the street corner. From the street corner. Yep. Oh, man. Um, oh, this one was one that just like just instantly I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, X-rays may not be used to fit shoes. To what? To fit shoes. Like, you don't want to do a shoe store. I just know really have... want to know what happened to make exactly. this Exactly. Like, was there some random shoe store where people were walking in? They're it like, nope, was you need to have an X-ray, uh, an X-ray to, to, to... I bet it was gimmick. Like, probably in that age of, like, X-rays aren't that dangerous. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's probably just like, come and get custom shoes fitted to oh. the very bones of your feet. Yes, exactly. Like perfectly contoured to your bone structure and all of that. Back before pre-made oh, shoes. Man. And someone was like, no, we can't be Just doing this. Flippantly yeah. having gamma rays. Probably the people taking the x-rays didn't even have the lead apron or the oh, safety yeah. wall. I'm sure or... it was like <laughs> everything's like open, like open air x-rays. There's someone listening. It's like, my grandfather passed away from fitting shoes with x-ray machines. And that's why we have a law. I, I love these because this, this next one is kind of like, oh, I wonder, like, could could we actually, like, call the cops on someone and get them in trouble for this just randomly just to see what would happen? Um, uh, because people may not buy a mattress on Sunday. Oh, I don't know where that has happened in Washington State, but something happened where we should pick it. Mattress Depot. We're going out with picket signs, folks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Even though the Sunday is a day of rest. You may not get a mattress to rest upon. Yeah, on exactly. Sunday. Uh, so, uh, another good one is uh, is illegal to paint polka dots on the American flag, which I think is a little relevant to like current events because people are talking about like, oh, what you know, what are the actual laws about respecting the, the flag? The thing about like there are there's no law about the flag. Right, it's it's like just etiquette. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting that someone you know decided you could legally burn the flag but don't you paint a polka dot on it otherwise you're getting thrown in jail I, I wonder if like it was just some weird legal slip up where someone was just running around town painting polka dots on everyone's flags and then they're like we need to make a specific and was it an actual law. flag or was it like a flag that was painted on a wall right exactly you, know? you never know. know um and i'll i'll end with with the big one um this one is really important, uh, specifically to Washington State and the Northwest, specifically the West Side. Um, the harassing of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or other <laughs> undiscovered subspecies is a felony punishable by fine and or imprisonment. That, I, I like didn't that know one. they were undiscovered, officer. <laughs> I swear, I didn't know this was Sasquatch. Um, I thought it was a homeless guy in the woods. Oh, <laughs> that Harambe was free. No, no. So... I love that one because, you know. That is magical. Because it, it's also, it, I was talking to Maddie about this. Like It gives like validity a little bit. It, it gives validity, but it also does make sense because we shouldn't like intentionally disrupt species we haven't discovered, especially if it's like on another intelligent life form. most species in general, we probably exactly. should leave alone, especially if it's seven feet tall and could destroy you. Yeah. But I, I wonder, I wonder if this has like, <laughs> I, I wonder if this was created. Because of like all those like 
Bigfoot, finding Bigfoot, like yeah, reality. Squatch hunters. And so I wonder if like people have gotten in trouble because they're like trespassing and someone's like, we're tired of people looking for Sasquatch. I Leave mean, Sasquatch alone. It's kind of endearing to me that we have laws protecting a thus unidentified or undiscovered, mm-hmm. officially undiscovered officially. creature. Be like, let's just make a law saying you're not allowed to pet a unicorn at that point. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, th- that is my uh, say something interesting, was interesting for this week. Thank you. Yours was interesting things. as well. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah, thank you, Maddie. Good job. <laughs> Good job looking that up. All right, awesome. So in closing, uh, we just want to thank you guys for giving us a listen. Make sure that you're coming to the rest of the series, preparing your hearts to celebrate Easter. Also, I wanted to throw out um, a little line. If you were listening to the message this week and felt like uh, one of the challenging questions at the end is what can I do? Uh, to make sure that people that maybe society passes over sees the value that they have or feel like they're given value. Something you can do with that if you're like, wow, Margo, give me some practical ideas is there is an awesome, um, I, I say ministry uh, going around that's called Capernaum. It is a branch off of Young Life. And what Capernaum is, it is a kind of like a social club for people that have different um uh, different disabilities such as autism or Down syndrome or things like this. And they just get to come together and get loved on and play games and have fun. And sometimes they go on like little shopping trips or go to McDonald's and they do great work in the community. So if that's something you want to get involved with, feel free to shout out, you know, give us an email, drop us a line, ask us on Sunday. We can give you some connecting information. We have a bunch of people in the church that are already in it. Already love it. Already know all about it. But I don't want it to be Tri-City's best kept secret. It's a great way to give back uh, just a small amount of your time every month. So just wanted to give you some practical advice. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap this up. Next week, we will have another special guest. Mr. Yes. (laughs) Mr. Yes. Yes. With a fun accent. So there's that. (laughs) And I unfortunately probably won't be back, guys. So until next time. He's just going to have a strange accent. That sounds just like Brett Baker. <laughs> With just a crappy accent. Let's, uh, he's not even trying. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's an actual special guest. So uh, we'll see you guys then. Have a great week, guys.